0: Hey gang, welcome back to StreamYard Connect. This is season two, episode 13. Great to have you with us. We are also live for the first time on Twitch, on the StreamYard channel. First broadcast ever on the StreamYard Twitch channel. Let's get right to it, and then we'll take a look around at things going on also uh, across the live streaming industry, and uh, also do our user spotlight at the end, in which... We're going to focus on some of the predictions that StreamYard users made for 2020 for live streaming and content creation uh, as we move forward. We'll start, as we always do, with the three pillars of StreamYard. That's ease of use, stability, and professional-looking streams. Now you see another destination added since the last time we talked. And that is Twitch. And we are going to Twitch. StreamYard does have a channel on Twitch. And you can watch us on Twitch if you're a regular Twitch user. If you have your own account on Twitch, you can follow the StreamYard account on Twitch, follow the StreamYard channel, and get notifications when StreamYard goes live. Lots of different ways to go live. But we're excited that uh, the new feature of Twitch which uh, Gage and Dan announced when they came out of beta. They ended their beta and did their official launch uh, just about a month ago, within the last month. And one of the several new features that they had for that launch was something that's been asked for for quite a while by users, and that is the ability to live stream to Twitch. And why is this important? Well, I want to revisit something that we talked about couple of weeks ago and that is the growth of non-gaming programming on twitch now twitch has i think approximately three quarters of all live streams are done on twitch and while gaming is the overwhelming majority non-gaming content is growing on twitch And you'll see a lot of that in the just chatting category, which is often gamers just chatting, not playing a game, but just having a chat with their followers. There's also a podcast category, and that's where if you're using StreamYard to connect with the native integration that StreamYard now has with Twitch, that's the category that you'll be in, and it's the category that makes most sense for non-gaming content that people are doing on Streamyard, And I think over time, you may start to get some traction on Twitch. I, I can't guarantee right now that you're going to grow quickly on Twitch, but the opportunity is there based on how fast just chatting is, is going. And if you like to do long form live streams, Twitch can be a place where you can build a devoted audience over Time It's a long-term move, but it's one that's worth exploring given the growth of Just Chatting. And we are taking that first step today, going to Twitch as well as Facebook, LinkedIn, and Periscope slash Twitter. And if you're confused about all these different destinations and where we're going and which account, there is a graphic here. I'll post it on social as well. Basically, we're using the StreamYard Facebook page. We're using StreamYard's LinkedIn account and we're using the Twitch channel as well as uh, my LinkedIn Live and my Periscope Twitter. So new updates. We have scrolling text has been added, and I want to thank Beauty Bubble TV who put together this really cool graphic and demonstrated one of the ways that you can use scrolling text. And it's easy to add uh, with your live streaming uh, with StreamYard And it's available on all the plans, including the free plan. And you just go into your banners and you click to edit a banner or create a new banner. And it will give you a little box that will let you check scrolling text. And you can switch from one to another. So it's a nice way to add a call to action, such as we have here without actually having to say it, but still giving people the opportunity to Find what you'd like them to find, or to see what you'd like them to see, or to subscribe to what you'd like them to subscribe to. So, there's a lot of different ways this scrolling text feature can be used. Of course, I'm using it right now as a call to action, but think about the content you create. If you're creating financial content, Beauty Bubble here is basically using it as a, a stock ticker, in a sense, what you would see going across one of the financial news channels. You could use it if you're doing sports content to update scores during your show. You could do it to provide how to find more information about your guest, maybe a link to their website or a link to their book or their, their one of their social channels where they engage with their audience. Uh, you could put a special offer out. You could uh maybe just have a reminder go by every so often of what your next segment's going to be. There's so many different ways to use this. I for myself, I wouldn't keep it turned on all the time, but using it sparingly but in a targeted way I think is is very effective. But if you are doing something like financial content or sports content and breaking news content, being able to have the updated information and share it along the ticker without necessarily interrupting the content that you're in the middle of is a very valuable, very valuable, uh, resource to have. And again, I think it's great for calls to action like I'm doing right now. So that is one of the cool new features. The other one is you can now shift the location Of the people, when you have more than two people on your show, and basically what this means is if you go to show uh comments or you go to show a banner across the screen, if you had people along the bottom, if you have three or four or more people on, the banner would sometimes cover their faces or the comments would. Now there's an option that you can switch on, and basically it will lift everybody up so that the banner or the comment won't cut them off. So it's a cool new feature. You can see Dan is showing it in the first image where his hands are up. You see two different versions of him. One uh, where he, where he's both, both basically the same video feed, but one where the banner is covering him. And one where you would see what it looked like if the banner is not covering him. And then you see the difference where it raises up and you see both of the boxes that Dan is in. So, A Very simple, but very effective update uh, from StreamYard. And again, congratulations to StreamYard in coming out of beta. I'm Ross Brand. This is StreamYard Connect. We're here with you Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Not every Wednesday, but a few Wednesdays a month. We'll be doing the show at least until the end of May. So we're excited for season two and a lot. To get to, and I just want to check in on the chat and see what's going on. Uh, Beauty Bubble says, Notice too how the color matches your classic banner and fits nicely in the display of the live frame. Yes, uh, very effective. Uh, Terry Johnson makes uh, the great point that the scrolling text is great for people who come late to the stream, so it's also a way that you can recap or let people know what you're talking about without necessarily having to repeat yourself. And Kim Doyle, great to see you. She says she tested the scroll yesterday and loved it. Coach Jenny says the shift up is everything. And Evangelos asks, is there a way to add a second camera to the presenter? Well, you would need another device, but if you have another device, you can basically send yourself a guest link and add a camera, and come in that way, and you can add up to five, you can add up to to people from, other people can join you from their computers, or mobile phones, as well as uh, Coach Jenny mentions, you can add up to five more people on camera with you, and you can have up to 10 uh, all together within the studio, and rotate some in and out as well, so thank you all for joining us, StreamYard Connect, I'm Ross Brand, let's get to some of the news that is going on right now, and there is a lot to talk about. And one of the interesting things is our friends at Canva are getting into the video editing business, and they have some new features, one of which is a video video editing tool that makes it easy for beginners to edit video. I haven't tried it myself. If anybody's tried it, Let me know in the comments. Let me know what you think of it. Let me know if you think it really is something that's easy for beginners. And they're providing templates. Always, always hydrate. They're providing templates, access to a stock library with videos and music and uh, easy to use animation tools. Also, they're launching Canva for education. I think it's been out for a little while. In Australia, where the founder is from, Uh, and now this is going to come to the U.S. and across the world. And Google uh, Canva for Education will integrate with Google Apps. So if you have Google Apps, you can use uh, Canva for Education. Also, with Google Classroom, get the people while they are young, uh, get them into your ecosystem. And speaking of keeping people in your ecosystem... Canva is adding its own integration with apps. So now you can, I believe there's up to about 30 for the launch, but you can add Dropbox, you can add Google Drive, you can add PhotoMush, Instagram and others and have direct integration between your accounts to speed the process of either developing with Canva or uh, as a Canva customer creating layouts and designs. And I I think this is a pretty fitting quote in terms of where Canva is going. It says, Canva has positioned itself as the non-designer's design tool, making it easy to create something beautiful with little to no design experience. The launch of the video editing tool in Canva for education strengthens that stance, not only creating more users for the platform itself, but fostering an environment for the maturation of new designers to join the ecosystem as a whole. And that's from TechCrunch Jordan Crook uh, is the author of that article. What's interesting is Canva has had now 2 billion creations done with Canva. 1 billion, a full half of those, came in 2019. So Canva is hot and it's growing. And uh, I'm excited to test out the video editing feature and to hear how others are using that and experiencing it? Have you checked out the new Instagram live picture-in-picture? In picture? This is cool. Now I was on a live stream last night. Aaron Roth of Archon told me I want to show you something. Can you go live with me? And I, I didn't know what he was going to show. I thought maybe he would have a new uh, mount from Archon mounts or a new tripod or something. But he just wanted to go through what was going on with Instagram live. And basically whether you have a guest on or you're on by yourself, you can add about ba- an image and, and a picture and picture effect. You can have an image or a video playing behind you. Uh, you can have it uh, particularly. I, I use the square image here because when you're, you have two people on, then each person's in a square one at the top and one at the bottom. In this case, I was testing it by myself But if I had a guest on and I was doing uh, a quick conversation or something like that, I could actually put up like the StreamYard Connect logo or StreamYard Connect promo information behind me as I was in this case talking about the show coming up and where you can watch it. And you can just tap like I could tap my video feed there and it would make me primary and put that square that you see in, in the in the image there, it would put that up in the corner, almost like a logo. Uh, and you could also have a video clip playing and you could be in the small the small box and be describing what's going on. I don't know if you can actually play audio at this time. Has anybody used this yet? If you've used it, let, let me know what you think of this. Uh, and if you've tried to play a video or audio, it's only been about, it's only been out for a couple of days. I think it's a cool, cool addition. I mean, there are different uses for different products. And Instagram is an entirely, almost entirely. There's some exceptions, but it's primarily a mobile phone product. So if you're out and about, you're walking, talking, you want to do a quick live stream, you don't have time to set up a lot of gear. You just want to get out there, but you still want to have some branding or you still want to share something other than just you talking. Now you have that ability. And so it upgrades the levels of your production a little bit for your, uh, Instagram lives. I think it's cool for a mobile live. So for mobile, I would try it if, uh, for those situations, I think, Obviously, StreamYard has a much broader choice of options for and features for doing talk shows like what I'm doing here or doing interview shows long form. But for quick, in the moment, let me jump on live and the ability to add some text and branding. Uh, everything you do is basically through your camera roll. So it, it's not that you're typing in text. You basically prepare a, a JPEG, for example, and Then you upload it and you have whatever text and graphics. Uh, I think you could use a PNG or uh, other types of files as well. As I mentioned, it's great for showing off products, adding a logo for when you go live uh, on your phone on the go. So that is the Instagram live picture in picture. And I just want to check in quickly if I can on what's going on on Instagram. And see, uh, not on Instagram, on LinkedIn, a lot of platforms. I'm going to get these right next week. Uh, but for now I want to check in, uh, to LinkedIn and see what's happening on LinkedIn. See if I can find the broadcast (laughs) on LinkedIn and here we are. Uh, and I see that, uh, Anita Sonia is here and, Who else is watching? We have Brian Kelly, Brian and Anita. Great to see you both. Thanks so much for joining us. And it looks like there's 13 people watching over on uh, LinkedIn Live on my account so far. And let's see who is over at the StreamYard account on LinkedIn Live. Again, the LinkedIn comments don't come into the dashboard So I just want to take a moment to recognize that we have people watching. Lauren is over on the StreamYard page. Thanks so much for joining us. And we have a few people watching over there as well. So a nice turnout over on LinkedIn. Uh, But we are also on uh, Facebook. We are on Twitter slash Periscope. And we are on Twitch as well. And let's get back to... Some more news. I think this is a funny story, and I think it's really typical of the times that we live in and how things have changed and how much more, I hate to use the word transparency, but there really is in some ways. And uh, an interesting thing happened recently. A baseball player was live streaming a video game on Twitch when he found out that one of his teammates was traded and he reacted, uh, in the moment with the kind of reaction that you would expect if, uh, you had a highly regarded teammate who was traded and you weren't so happy with the return. And I uh, w it wasn't that, wasn't that off color what he said, but I'm not going to say it here on the broadcast, but, uh, he let his feelings known typically. Players would find out a teammate got traded, maybe from a phone call, maybe from a media report on the radio, something like that. And they'd have plenty of time to compose themselves and prepare the answer that would probably support the company line when they go live uh, or when they are talking to a reporter, when they're being quoted by uh, the newspaper or TV or radio. Uh, But in this case, when people are live streaming in news breaks, you often get the true reaction. And uh, so Blake Snell from the Rays uh, pitcher with the uh, Rays, who were a playoff team this year, let it be known he wasn't happy that uh, Tommy Pham, their best offensive player, was traded and was not happy with the players they got back in return and it also shows how many people are streaming on Twitch. It's another another thing about Twitch, if we haven't talked about it enough. Uh, you have professional athletes in their spare time going live on Twitch. Uh, I saw an article in the Globe and Mail about uh, distracted driving. The author, or the headline, because the author doesn't always write the headline, asked the question about whether live streaming counts as distracted driving. The author included. Yes. And I, I want to read what he said, because uh, I, I've talked about it some and I, hopefully the message has gotten across the people. Uh, maybe some are sick of hearing me say it. I don't say it that often. I'm not running around shouting it from the mountaintops. But I do feel pretty strongly that, as the author says, live streaming while driving could end your life or someone else's. Experts say chances are. It could get you a ticket for distracted driving, even if you're following the law, taking videos while driving affects your attention off the road, even if you're looking at the road. Because the more you're concentrating on something else, the more your focus gets narrowed. And, of course, trying to do a show and drive, trying to do a broadcast and drive, even if you're not looking at the camera, is quite different than, say, listening to the radio or having a casual conversation with the passenger in the car. Uh, I don't believe it's safe. I won't have anybody on my show. Who's calling me in from, from a car while they're, while they're driving or promote anything that's being done driving while streaming. However, a lot of people have come back with the response. Well, I'm safe or I have it set up in a way that's safe, or I'm confident that, you know, I'm a skilled driver and I've done XYZ and you know, it's not a problem for me. I never look at it. It's not, not any different than something else. What, what I'll say is, uh, okay, I'm not even going to argue that point, but one of the things that's so great about live streaming is the ability to connect to people and to build your brand in real time. And I think there are fewer things For a lot of people in the public, not for everybody, but for a good number of people out there, that'll hurt your brand more than to be streaming and driving. Because a lot of people know people who've been injured. They know people who've been hurt through these things, or they just don't feel that it's being responsible with your own brand. And so if you want to do business with somebody, they have to feel they can trust you with their brand and they can trust your decision-making with their business, and it seems reckless to a lot of people. I think it gives the live-streaming industry, live-streaming professionals uh, a bad a bad look when people are streaming and driving, and, of course, the worst is what's happened with some accidents. So, not to bring the show down, but I thought it was something that I should cover at least one time or in ex- episode 13, We'll be doing uh, a minimum of uh, getting to number 24. So at least one time in in that 24-episode run, I thought I should bring that up. So I hope you don't mind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with me. And thanks to everybody in the StreamYard community who isn't streaming and driving. This is StreamYard Connect. It's great to have you with us. I'm going to check back uh, into the chat real quick. And see what is going on over there. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. She says, no driving while streaming. And we appreciate that. Uh, Coach Jenny says, it's also not fun to watch someone's live stream while they are driving. I just cringe waiting to see if you're going to crash into somebody. Uh, and uh, yeah. So thank you so much for your support on that issue. And as you probably know, uh, many of you were actually a part of it. We did uh, predictions for 2020 in Livestream Universe's annual predictions blog post. It's the fifth annual uh, edition, and this time we had 160 live streamers, podcasters, video creators, content creators, executives, entrepreneurs contributing their predictions, uh, including our very own Gage Vandentop, our CEO and fearless leader who said savvy creators will turn each live stream into a podcast and clip out compelling segments to upload as static videos. And that really sums it all up, doesn't it? I mean, the great thing about live streaming is not only uh, do you get to engage with a live audience, but you get great and, and really credible content that can be repurposed as a, as a podcast, and also makes for great clips on social media. It's great for taking segments out and uploading his YouTube videos, and so many other different ways to distribute podcasts. And I think you and, and live streams. And I think the distinctions between all these types of content, particularly when content's so often being done live, those those barriers, those lines are decreasing. And let me just say that we are going to do a post show in just a couple minutes. So stay right where you are. We'll do the post show on all the channels that we are live on. But we want to tell you that StreamYard has some other shows as well. There's the StreamYard Town Hall, which takes place every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can find that on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, Twitter and on LinkedIn, Rob Belisabas does a weekly show, StreamYard Live. At least once a week, he goes live with a guest, a StreamYard user, and talks to them in the StreamYard community group on Facebook. If you're not a member of that group, join it. It's a great group. It's a great place to be a part of this great StreamYard community and to... Get your questions answered to learn from other users, to find guests for shows, to become a guest on somebody else's show, maybe find a collaborator, a co-host, uh, the StreamYard community group on Facebook. That is where Rob goes live once a week with a StreamYard user. And then join us next week, 2 p.m. Eastern for StreamYard Connect on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitch and on Periscope and Twitter and that wraps up episode 13 of StreamYard Connect. Thank you for joining us for the debut episode of season two. Stay right there. We'll be right back with some post show. And we're back live on the post show. Uh thank you so much for being a part of it. We've got more predictions we can talk about, a lot of different things going on. Uh, also would love to see your Questions. If you have any questions related to live streaming, podcasting, content creation, how to use Streamyard, what to do with Streamyard, what kind of production you're doing that you might have questions with, it's it's all good. Coach Jenny says, "Yay, post show, yeah, bringing back the post show." That was uh, one thing that we can take away. One of the good things that we take away from Blab, and uh, I think. It's great for shows using StreamYard or pretty much any kind of live stream show. It's it's fun to do uh, a post show, and we are doing it across the different platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, and Periscope slash Twitter. And hey, Tina Vallant, good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Beth Granger is here, uh, says he's honored to be in the predictions. And let's get back and take a look at some of the other Predictions and uh, if you're just joining us, one of the cool features that Streamyard added is the scrolling text feature. So we will add that for a few minutes, and you can see how to do that. It's very easy. You just go to your banners, click edit on one of the banners, or click create new banner, put the text in you want, and then check the box that says add a scrolling text. So you know you could add this. You could take, you could uncheck that box and you could save it and then display it as well as a banner, as a regular banner. Or you can go back in very, very easy to use, but very effective for calls to action, for updates, for recapping, for telling people what's coming up next on the show, for promoting a guest, for giving more information about a subject you're talking about. It's a terrific, terrific new feature. I'm, I'm loving it. So let's get back to the predictions. Uh, Jessica Phillips, a lot of you know her uh, from Social Media Week Lima and from Now Marketing Group and her different shows that she hosts, including uh, her Training Tuesdays with Magnet Marketers. And Jessica said brands will see a dramatic rise of dark social conversations with more people moving into private conversation channels uh meaning that that people may be using video or other ways to communicate not so much on public social media, but one on one and small group or private group chats is where uh she sees a lot of social media and and social engagement digital media going and Jessica' is very big on relationship marketing and certainly. Uh, using tools like video and even live video for small group gatherings, meetings, and uh, product pitches—all sorts of different things. Andy Crestedina, who wrote the book uh, on content marketing, he—he he is brilliant. From uh, Orbiteers, Orbit Media in Chicago, one—one uh, one of my top people I look to when I want to know something about some aspect of content marketing and he talked a lot about how video in an email video in 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 a message in a conversation in a meeting is replacing email as the go-to way for people to have a big ask have a big meeting have a big pitch have a, have that critical conversation around their business and so we we've, we've often thought about video as something you create and then publish publicly but we're seeing a lot more use of video both in the business world to communicate something that previously would have been communicated through text through uh, an in-person meeting or through a powerpoint presentation now being communicated through video and also we're seeing even within social media a lot more people responding talking to one another with a quick video response whether it's in a messenger like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn I believe you can do you can do video messages in LinkedIn I'm not positive I don't remember whether I've done one or not uh, but certainly within Facebook and Instagram you can do that and then a lot of people even respond at respond to a tweet with a a quick video message publicly or again they may embed something in an email that is uh, one of the threads I think you're you're, you're worth following uh, in 2020. Now Eileen Smith is somebody who is always on top of what's going on in tech and new developments. And she says live video platforms will find new ways to measure engagement and influence beyond metrics like hearts and likes. Emphasis will shift forward uh, will shift toward interactive features like polls, stickers, and tips. And this kind of goes along with uh, what Dan Pizarski from Live You also said and several other people uh, in their predictions. Uh, but I think Eileen really got to the heart of it. And I think what's, what's not mentioned in this quote, because I'm not able to pull the whole prediction, and I'm pretty sure she mentioned it in her prediction, is this is the Twitch model. This is the Amazon Twitch model, and because that Twitch is so, so much of what goes on in live streaming, 75% of live streams take place on Twitch, you're seeing YouTube, because some of YouTubers have headed over and brought their big audiences to Twitch, seeing YouTube, and probably eventually you're going to see all the platforms follow the lead of Twitch. And that's something to watch. But a lot of different uh, predictors focused on interactivity being a huge part of uh, live streaming in 2020, Uh, not just doing interviews, but engaging with your audience and finding different ways beyond just reading comments to bring people in. And of course, you have to decide if those things are right for your show and the type of content you're creating. Uh, sometimes I go live when I'm not doing a a more formal formatted show like I am now and I do nothing but engage with the chat (laughs) or I just, you know, I, I just ad lib the entire thing and, you know, bring in people when it's appropriate and not. And then there's other times where you're doing a more structured show and perhaps, some of those methods are appropriate and sometimes they may not be. So uh, just because an option is available, just because there is a feature that's being offered, don't feel that you have to use it in every circumstance. Use it where it enhances the experience for your viewers uh, rather than detracts. Uh, Mr. John Stefano is with us. Juan Mata is with us. Terry Johnson Says so many different ways to have a conversation online. So many different choices. Beth Granger, a LinkedIn expert for sure, says you can do a video in inmail uploaded, not live. So that's only inmail. Hmm. Uh, Latoya Glenn is with us. She says, "Wonderful, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us, Lynn. Thank you for joining us, Charlotte Pierce. Thanks everybody. This is uh, terrific to have you all with us here on." The debut of the second season of Streamyard connect and now we are in the post show and let's get to some more predictions uh i've got at least one more i wanted to share today and uh well there's 160 so <laughs> we're not going to use them up right away uh rob greenley uh works for libson and is in the podcasting hall of fame he's Uh, been doing the new media show for quite a while. He's now doing that show using StreamYard. And he talked about ad revenue growing for podcasting based on enabling dynamic ad insertion into uh, the archives back catalog of podcasts. So not only advertising in an upcoming episode, but finding ways for uh, the back catalog, past episodes that people are still listening to finding ways to monetize those through dynamic ad insertion and it's pretty much assumed and and this this prediction was in i think it was a chris maybe been joe pardo um not maybe been super joe pardo who mentioned that he expects that ad revenue will cross the 1 billion dollar mark for podcasting in 2020 and I saw that in an article that I, I just read as well. And you're seeing a lot of cross pollinate, a lot of live streamers who are uh, very serious about their podcast and creating podcast content, and a lot of podcasters who are deciding to record their podcasts live or use live streaming to promote their podcasts. And an interesting story I, I came across was. Pulitzer's new audio reporting category. And that category is expected to bring uh candidates from podcasts. Um I, I'm just gonna take a look at this article that's in Business Insider real quick. And it says the Pulitzer board announced a new experimental category for nonfiction storytelling in audio journalism called audio reporting. And it's meant to, <laughs> it's meant to wreck, <sighs> excuse me. <laughs> this is what happens when you're not in the studio where I could easily hit the cough button. Uh, so the Pulitzer board announced a new experimental category. Let's take it from the top for nonfiction storytelling in audio journalism called audio reporting. And uh, a Pulitzer administrator said the decision is meant to recognize that, quote, The renaissance of audio journalism in recent years has given rise to an extraordinary array of nonfiction storytelling. In the past couple of years, podcasts have boomed. Ad revenue alone is expected to surpass one billion by the end of this year. Hey, there's that stat again. And much of that growth has been driven by nonfiction podcasters. Shows like Serial from This American Life and The Daily from New York Times have helped push the medium to new heights. In the U.S., there are around 90 million monthly active listeners. The podcast shows double that for uh, of just four years ago, so it's up four times from four years ago. Per Edison, Edison does research on podcasts, and in the past year alone, pot easy for me to say in the past year alone, podcast listenership rose by 40% in the UK, and 36% of people surveyed across 38 countries said they listened to a podcast at least once a month for Reuters Institute for the study of journalism. As a result, audio content is proliferating and there are now more than 750,000 podcast shows on Apple alone, up from 550,000 just over a year ago in June 2018 for Podcast Insights. Curious how many of those are still regularly releasing episodes. And by regularly, I'm not being tremendously stringent, like once every couple of months would be still be an active podcast in, in in my view. But I'd be curious how many of those perhaps have gone a year without uh, releasing a podcast. Of those global respondents in uh, Reuters' digital news report, 15% specified that they listened to a news podcast. While that number may seem on the lower end, it's worth noting that pure news podcasts Are a relatively newer phenomenon. The majority have appeared in only the past eighteen months for Reuters, likely as a result of the success of shows like NPR's Slate of News Podcasts or The Daily. And so anyway, uh Pulitzer's recognizing that podcasting is becoming a legitimate form of journalism. In fact, with less reporting and more commenting going on, uh, on both the electronic media and the print media podcasting has an opportunity to fill that void and podcasters become journalists who not only explain, analyze, comment on what's going on in the news, but in fact, cover and break news as we've seen increasingly happen with bloggers over the past, 15 to 20 years. So I I think that's an interesting story. I think that's something to keep an eye on with podcasting and how the mainstream of American journalism, the mainstream of American media, the mainstream of international media, uh, Hollywood, all these different traditional media enterprises or organizations or industries are starting to take podcasting very seriously, and I think that's exciting. And that's how I look at Uh, Coach Jenny says that sounds so strangely sinister. Hmm. Oh, probably when I mentioned the, the dark social thing. <laughs> uh, Beauty Bubble has a definition. Let's take a look at that. Uh, she says it's, it's it is explained via Google search. Dark social media, dark social or dark traffic are social shares that do not contain any digital referral information about the source. The idea is generally used by web analytics as well as an online advertising. You know, I'm not positive, uh, Beauty Bubble, that that's what Jessica was referring to. I think she was referring to conversations that aren't being published in a public feed but that are being held. In other words, the sources know who who each other are. You know, they know each o- the, the people involved in the conversation. It's the decision to have it in a private group, in a private messenger group, in a Zoom call, in a, a video that I send directly to you instead of one that I publish in my timeline. Something like that. That is my. Understanding, I, I would have to talk to Jessica uh to find out more about that. She also goes into a lot more, uh, goes into it a lot more in depth in her prediction and there's a sidebar article from her as well. Uh, so take a look at it in, in context to understand more coach. Jenny says that sounds so strangely sinister. Yes. I just showed that two seconds ago. Uh, there's what I wanted to show. She says, congratulations on 160 predictions this year. Thank you so much. Uh, Terry Johnson says, interactivity will be a big thing for online messages and conversations. And I saw a comment about using uh, StreamYard. Where, where did that go? Somebody was excited to use StreamYard for their show, and I'm not seeing it. Well, how about that? All right. Well, hopefully you're still excited about using StreamYard for your show. I will find it and I will comment on it and uh, tell you that I'm excited about you using StreamYard for your show as well. And I'm just taking one more stroll back through. Uh, Fernando, asks, Does anyone, has anyone tested a Mevo setup on StreamYard? I have not tested um, Mevo. I use... I've always used the webcam. Uh, You could also come in with a camcorder or DSLR, but you'd need to use a capture card so that you would plug plug it in as a webcam, essentially. Basically, the capture card transmits the video to your computer uh, by USB, whereas it receives the video from the camcorder DSLR by HDMI. So it's a, it's a device that's in between the camcorder or the DSLR and the computer in order to bring the video in, in a format that the computer can recognize. Uh, that's probably the best way that I, I understand it. Pamela stone is the one who said that she wants to have a, uh, show with Streamyard and, uh, Good luck with that. We, we love that you're joining the StreamYard community. We love the whole StreamYard community. And thank you all so much for being here and look forward to seeing you next week. Next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern Facebook Live. LinkedIn Live, Twitch, and Periscope slash Twitter. Uh, Terry Johnson has some insight on dark social. She said, in terms of the prediction, dark social means that online conversations will go underground. And unless you are part of the conversation or community, you won't know about. Thank you, Terry. That's what I was trying to say. uh, And you hit it right, the nail right on the head. And thank you, Coach Jenny. Thank you to everybody for joining us across all the different platforms. Really appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great day, everybody.